Morning, everyone, and welcome as today we gather to celebrate the ascension of our Lord. This day and age since COVID, we see a lot of job descriptions, help wanted. What do we need help with? Obviously, there are many places in town where businesses are closing early because they don't have the manpower. Today's Feast of the Ascension is really about God wanting our help to make you disciples and witnesses to the living resurrection of our Lord as he ascends into heaven. This past week, I read an article, and I'm only using the title of the article, not the contents, Has America Lost Its Heart? I'd like to use that theme today to spring into the homily because I think it's something we need to reflect on. Some would say, yes, America has lost its heart. Political parties are so divided they will not even listen to each other. Why is it lost? Because I believe we've lost focus on today's feast day of the ascension that heaven is our home. Where the head is gone, we the members of the body are meant to follow. Let's look at some examples. Sunday is a day of busyness to get caught up in most homes. What is it the intention of God? It's a day of rest. So that when we wake up Monday morning, we are not exhausted. What about kicking God out of classrooms and schools and courtrooms? This last week in Texas, the mass shooting that left at least 19 people dead. The children and parents not even coming home. Unexpectedly. Where is the heart? This weekend is Memorial Day. And many Americans have lost the respect that our founding fathers battled and died on the battlefield for our salvation. They don't treat this as a memorial. They treat it as a three-day party. Have we lost our heart? If this is not bad enough, I want to give you some sobering statistics on a book of evangelization that I'm currently reading. It's astounding. It's sad. And the statistics reveal from 1972 statistics to 2017, 45 years later, where have we gone as disciples and witnesses of the Lord? In 1972, there were 415,000 weddings in America. 2017, we're down to 148,000. How do we go from 415,000 down to 148,000 and the population of the world grew by 25 million in that same era? Population is up, but weddings are less than one-third. What about baptisms in 1972? There were 1.1 million baptisms in America. In the year 2017, there was only 700,000. 
Again, a population increase by 25 million in the world. What about priestly vocations? They have held steady. The problem, and I don't think so much, is the priesthood. The problem is the living witnesses of the laity modeling the gospel where you are planted outside the church walls during the week is becoming more and more issue. What about the real presence? In 1972, 60% people believed in the real presence. Where's that number at today? Less than one in four. Why is this? And I believe we have lost focus of our purpose. We've lost focus of our mission. And we've lost focus of what it means to be a witness to Jesus Christ and his gospel. Today in that beautiful first reading from Acts of the Apostles, Jesus reminds his people before he ascends to heaven, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses to the ends of the world. Just about everybody in this church today has received the Holy Spirit in confirmation. How are we witnesses in Stutzman County? How are we living the faith as witnesses and followers of Jesus? Now Luke's gospel today says, you are my witnesses to these things. What things? The saving death and power of our Lord, his suffering, his dying, his rising. We need to make him known, we need to make him loved. This morning, as I was reading my office a reading, I came across another reading that really got me pondering as I was preparing for my homily. St. Paul tells the Ephesians, grace was given to each of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. He gave gifts to men and women. Some are apostles. Some are prophets. Some are evangelists. Some are pastors and teachers to equip those holy ones for ministry. Who are the people for ministry that need to be equipped that St. Paul is talking to? It is the faithful, not the priests. And why do I say that? Because we need to ask who are the holy ones? Yes, all people are supposed to be holy, but who's supposed to be doing the ministry? We need to think differently what it means to be a parish with this weekend's set of readings. When I talk to older folks in our parishes, they remember when the church used to be packed, wall to wall, shoulder to shoulder. They talk about having their own pew and they had to get there early enough to sit there. We knew where we sat. We knew those that were sitting in a pew in front and behind us. The parish was intimate and blooming and growing. How do we understand our mission? Not just in our church walls and building. Not just as a close community. 
But we are called as witnesses to go out as disciples and witnesses to help other people become witnesses and disciples of Jesus Christ. That is a command by our Lord today, not a suggestion. The average size church in America, Father Ricardo says, is 89 people. Kind of like Windsor, huh? Maybe 89 members. That's the average size parish in America today. Father Lorsung and I are given responsibility of 3,000 souls between Jamestown, Windsor, and Buchanan. How do we do that? We can't. Where do we go to encounter 3,000 souls every week besides the altar of the Lord? We'd be running around like chickens with our head cut off if we had to go to all 3,000 people. Now, Father Ricardo says in studies, an average priest can serve 200 people effectively. Well, if that's the case, that means we should have 15 priests serving the tribe parishes. We can't go out and be the witnesses and disciples to the people. That's why God wants to equip the faithful to be disciples and living witnesses. I remember my grandparents in their generation sitting around the coffee table on Sunday morning at breakfast who said, what is the role of a mission? To pay, to pray, and to obey. I never understood what that meant as a young child. That's the way they viewed their mission. We are called to pay, we are called to pray, and we are called to obey. If we don't reclaim our hearts as Christians, as a church in America, my little nieces and nephews, by the time they become adults, there will only be one in ten people practicing their faith. Where will the church be? So what is the role then of the priest and the role of the faithful? The priest exists and are occupied with feeding the witnesses, the Eucharist, encountering the witnesses in the confessional and in the streets, healing the souls of the witnesses through anointing of the sick, Restoring them grace in a sacrament of confession. What else does a priest do? They give hope to witnesses, especially in our time of grief. Who are the holy ones that need to be equipped that St. Paul is talking about? It is you. Priests are to equip you to be witness. And as a witness, we are obliged to facilitate an encounter to help others encounter Jesus Christ. It doesn't have to be long and elaborate. I'm reminded of some folks who said a prayer in a restaurant recently. Somebody else stopped and said, thank you for that. I forgot to pray today. To be a living witness doesn't mean I'm going to stand on a street corner or know the scripture and have all that identity. Because God has given each of you a different gift to help others encounter Christ. And that's why I pray this weekend that by the end of the Mass, 
You will be convicted in your heart to ask God for the grace to be a living witness for Him and who He wants you to go to. That doesn't mean I go to the one who's fallen away who's not practicing. No. You ask God, where do I go? Where do I start? There are three questions I'd like for us to ponder today to become more effective witnesses and answer those questions in our heart. How would you answer each of these questions? Number one, what difference has your relationship with Jesus Christ made in your life? Obviously, you've come to know him and love him. Hopefully, that's where we're at today. How would I tell somebody else, like a friend of mine? Or how would I tell somebody else as a co-worker or a fellow student? What difference does a relationship with Jesus Christ make in your life? I'm reminded of a friend of mine who went to visit a widow. Probably about eight months after the death of her husband. And he asked the same question to this widow. What difference has your relationship with the Lord made in your life? The widow did not hesitate. She said, the Holy Spirit gives me the strength to live each day since my spouse has died. That's a living witness in one sentence. She did not have a high school diploma. She was not a high school graduate. We don't have to be scholars to make this happen. The second question we need to ask in our lives is, what difference does a Sunday Mass make for you personally? <clears throat> what difference does a Sunday Mass make for you personally? I'm reminded of my seminary and assignment being assigned to Langdon, North Dakota. I got sent there for a summer, and one of the things I loved doing in Langdon was going down to the bakery every morning, and there were three groups of men, and I'd rotate through the groups of men. And this question come up as a seminarian, what difference has the Sunday Mass made for you? You know, we pray the Our Father, we can do that at home, one guy says. You know, we hear the readings, we can get the Magnificat, we can do that at home. What difference does it make for being in a community? And this is how John answered. I will never forget his answer. He said, I need to go to Mass or busyness in life consumes me. I need to go to Mass so the busyness in life does not consume me. That I look to God as a priority. That I look to the one who went to heaven as my goal, as my mission, and as my vision. The Greek word for witness, you are to be his witnesses. The Greek word is a martyr. The job description of the apostles, to go out to be his martyrs. How would these 12 men do that? Why would they do that? Because salvation is on the line. They respected God enough to open their hearts to God, to love God, to spend three years to know God. Could you be a witness on that job description to go out to the world to be a martyr? Now that doesn't mean you're going to die or you're going to have your head cut off like the apostles did. 
but you will be persecuted. The world has lost its heart. And the world accepts today what is not right in God's eyes to be the norm. So that leads to our third question. What needs to die in me to be a more effective witness for Christ? What do I need to die to in myself? As Jesus commands me to be his witness. Jesus, I want to make you known and loved. Take me out of my comfort zone to make it happen. How do we be a witness? I'm going to give you an example today because I think all of you will relate to this. If you found a cure for cancer Tuesday morning this week, what would you do to make that known? Or would you just sit there and hold it for yourself and let everybody else around you die? If you found a cure for cancer this week, how far would your message travel by this weekend? Folks, there's something greater than a cure for cancer here. It's the kingdom of heaven. That's what you were made for. That's what you were created for. And to be a living, effective witness is living my daily life and duties with a bigger intention. Salvation is on the line. So what is this evangelization as a witness? It's simple. Introducing others to a person that I have met, his name is Jesus, who I have come to know and to love. And I want others to come to know and love this treasure that is greater than any cure for cancer. Because he wants you and me and all of our friends in heaven. It starts little by little, asking God, who are you sending me to today? Where do I begin? God will equip you, but you have to open your heart to him. Praise be Jesus Christ, now and forever. Amen.